to Three Beers In, a craft podcast with beer news and reviews. Here's your host, Dominic Ribello. Oh man, I gotta be a lot better with uh, doing this show on the money, week in and week out. So sorry. So sorry. From deep underground in Staten Island's beer bunker slash virtual saloon, we're gonna call it this week, Fort Mosaic. That's where we are, Fort Mosaic, hunkering down in the bunker. Welcome to yet another episode of Three Beers In. Uh, This is episode 167. And this is the Craft Beer Show, bringing you the latest news and unique craft beer reviews. This week, we are drinking from... Where is it here? I have the... Turn this down just a little. It's called Beer Wolf. Beer Wolf. Dunkelweizen. Dunkelweizen from Great Lakes Brewing Company. I think they're out of upstate New York. Let me double check here. God, you think I'd be prepared. You think I'd be prepared for this here. Uh, oh, no, they're coming from, from Ohio. Interesting. So it's a 6.6 uh, German Dunkelweizen. And their description is a, a little long-winded, not too crazy, but I'm going to get into it when we get to that portion of the show. But just a little bit of a, what a German Dunkelweizen is. Uh, it's similar to the Hefeweizen. Uh, the southern German wheat beers are brewed as darker versions. Dunkel means dark, for those of you that are wondering, with deliciously complex malts and low balancing bitterness. Uh, creamy and full-bodied, most Dunkelweizen are medium amber to amber brown and appear slightly murky from the Weizen yeast. It has uh, uh, clove and banana bu- uh, bubblegum aromas in the nose, and some may even taste like banana bread. Now, <clears throat> I actually brewed a Hefeweizen last uh, week. Was it last week? I think it was last week. Uh, can I be stopped? You can only hope to contain me. I love brewing beer, ladies and gentlemen, and it's great because for the pre-show beer right now, I am drinking the pale ale that was it's done being bottle conditioned and now it's ready to go. Mm. You know, I actually am flirting with the idea of maybe brewing more than five-gallon batches because... It's really a great joy to give this beer away. I know I know that sounds crazy, but I do like giving the beer out to people. Uh, this time around, I gave it to folks that didn't get it last time, uh, which was really good because I want to get to everybody. Uh, and I gave out more this time around than I did uh, ever before, really, to, to separate people. So if you didn't get a batch of this beer, don't worry. I got one fermenting right now. It's a Hefeweizen, which is, uh, you know, unlike the Dunkelweizen, it's a lighter version, uh, less malty. So it re- re- relies more on the yeast to shine more than anything else because it's not very bitter. It's got very low bitterness, and it's just a very bright, refreshing, fruity kind of beer. Great for the summertime. So I was I was thinking about getting this uh, at least in the fridge for the 4th of July type situation or at least for the real kickoff of summer. Uh, but um, if you did get this pale ale, I do hope you like it. Um, just a real quick idea. I mean, just a real quick blurb on what I tried to achieve. And the reason I'm very happy about it is because it was achieved. I wanted to do a beer that had more of a multi profile than a bitter one, being that the first beer that I did was a double IPA, which was really, really bitter. I wanted something that was just a little bit more uh, malty. And I achieved it. Uh, and people have uh, either they're really nice saying that it was enjoyable, or maybe it really is. I, I tend to like it, I think it's tasty. Uh, then again, it's kind of like, you know, it's your baby, so to speak. And you're always going to, you know, say that it's great. But 
I enjoy it. I've been drinking it. Um, I'm going to continue to do so. You know, when you look at a fridge that used to be so full of this beer and now it's like running low, it goes quick. Five gallon batches go quick. So I might, I might just up it up to a 10 gallon situation, but that would take a lot of time, especially with bottling and stuff like that. So <clears throat> something that I've been mulling around in my head, but uh, now I'm trying to think about what the next beer is going to be. And I might need to get more bottles because I don't think I'm going to get the bottles back from those I gave them to in time, uh, you know, to, to bottle the Hefeweizen, but it'll be fine. You know, if I have to get more bottles, I can't, Oh man, I was so upset because I was on the Facebook marketplace. Great place. If you want to get like some stuff, uh, cheap. And there was a woman in <clears throat> the financial district, sort of not too far from where I worked and she was selling like 60 brown bottles, like all clean. She said they were clean and everything was ready to go. 60 of them for like 15 bucks. And I was messaging this woman like, like a crazy ex-boyfriend just trying to get through. And she had already sold them. Such a big miss there. No big deal though. We're going to, we're going to figure it out uh, and it'll be fine. Now, if you haven't done so already, you can visit the website, www.3beersin.com. And there you will find a merchandise tab. It says merch, and it will direct you to the Teespring store where you could purchase any shirts, stickers, uh, phone cases. There's a mug. There's a whole bunch of nice stuff there to rep your favorite beer podcast, the Three Beers In Here. Uh, some people have bought some stuff. That's been so fantastic to see. They sent me a complimentary shirt. It fits well. It smelled weird when it arrived. But I'm sure once I wash it, everything will be A-OK. I will say this, though. <clears throat> Excuse me. I wanted to try to, I purchased a Facebook ad to try to get the shirts out there to see if like people would, you know, inspire people to buy it. I will never do that again. Now I targeted, you could target who you want the ad to go to, right? And I did a wide age range because I'm not an ageist or anything like that, but I got some of the weirdest comments and messages and I, I hate to sound like this, but people that were liking it just did not seem like they were craft beer folks. I mean, there was no neck beards out there, nobody in trucker hats, nothing like that. And one guy with a tattoo right in the middle of his forehead of a heart wrote sexy with a smiley face with two hearts, the two hearted eyed smiley face. And I don't understand uh, the, the sexy, the sex appeal of the shirt at all. Okay. Or the text that's on the back of the shirt made no sense to me. Very, very creepy. It made me, it made me think that I will never buy a Facebook ad again, unless I'm trying to just get people to get likes, but it was just so weird. So weird. And I thought it wouldn't, I, I thought it wouldn't be weird if I targeted the audience. Like I tried to like pinpoint who I really wanted this ad to hit. Either way, I got some sales, which is great. And, um, you know, when people see the shirt, maybe they'll, uh, whatchamacallit, they'll uh, follow suit, go to the website, he uh, hear the show, and um, <clears throat> also buy uh, a shirt or two, which is exciting. But, uh, again, very creepy. Very <laughs> There's nothing sexy about the shirt at all. It's a, just a beer mug. I'm sorry. I don't mean, listen, okay, let me not be selfish. Someone said something about the shirt. And they said, and they just happened to comment that it was sexy. If you think it's hot, if you think there's a sex appeal there, be my guest. Enjoy it, I, I suppose. But um, I don't get it, but I'm not going to bash you. So let me retract my statements. 
I've never really done this before. I've never really made that many retractions here on the show, but I'm going to do it now. If you think it's sexy, you go, girl or boy. I don't know. I don't know when to disrespect anybody if you're non-binary. But nonetheless, it's it's now it's out there. But again, you could just go to the website, hit the merch tab, get yourself a shirt, get yourself a sticker. Anything like that would be really, really neat and really fun. And it helps support the show a little bit. Not too much, but a little bit. And, uh, yeah, it makes it easy by just putting that tab there. I want to thank Joe Lopez because he's been my website guy and he's been helping me edit it and get it done correctly this whole time. And he, I'm going to give him a shout out right now. He has a little bit of a bakery operation going on right now, operating out of Queens that delivers. It's called Baker's Joe, which is a play on Trader's Joe's, which is really, really funny. Um, it's the logos, his face, they make, uh, his, him and his uh, fiance, they make these awesome, excuse me, little cakes and stuff. And they're absolutely delicious. He brought them in for a sample. I'm going to be buying some soon. I gave him some beer as, as like a, as an act of good faith, but they really are tasty and it, it's got that homemade flavor to it. It's not, it's made to order practically. You got to check them out. Baker's Joe, they're on Instagram. I'm going to maybe try to tag them in a post to just get their name out there because it's really, it's really cool and fun stuff. I mean, and, and they're blowing up right now. They were getting a lot of traction and a lot of orders. And we're going to try to keep that going. So check them out on Instagram, Baker's Joe. Threebeersin.com. Hit that merch tab. Get yourself a shirt. There's baby gear on there, too. If you got a baby or if you know any babies that want to rep the gear, go ahead and do that. It's really neat. It's really fun. And apparently, it's quite sexy. Jesus Christ, it's humid as fuck down here. I hate to get that vulgar this early, but my God, it's Sunday here, you know, so Memorial Day is tomorrow, and that's usually the uh, unofficial start of summer. Everybody get their barbecue on and stuff like that, but it it's summer down here. You, you If you've been listening to the show for a while, you know the complaints of the humidity in this fucking room really goes up, and it it's, it's hitting right now. It's only like fucking 70 degrees outside, but... Uh, I got to address this. This has to come up here. The great Peter Sullivan's birthday is tomorrow, May 25th. I am not going to give away his age because I am a gentleman and it is rude to do so. But I'm here to wish him a very, very happy, happy birthday from myself and my family. All the love in the world to Pete Sullivan. He did something so great for me. Him and his family did something so great for me the other day. They stopped by and they dropped off a care package of, I mean, one of the best things you could possibly get and it's beer. Oh, I mean, it was chock full of some delicious, delicious offerings from Wet Ticket, Bolero Snort. There's a there's a stout in there that I'm going to save for the show. I think I'm going to do it on the show. I normally don't do stuff like that, you know, but it looked really, really interesting and really scrumptious, and I'm going to do that on the show. There was a shirt there, too, from the Brewery Strong uh, campaign, a sticker. Unbelievable care package. I was so, so happy about it. I mean, there's no words. There's no words. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, and what was really great about the care package, other than the outpouring of love that you get when you, when you receive something so gracious inside of the care package was three different, um, offerings of altogether IPA, which was really cool because there was, you already got to see a difference in the, uh, in the styles. And now as a home brewer and someone who's a big fan of beer and who tries to really, excuse me, I got a little bit of a hiccup thing going up tries to bring uh, the message of beer to the people, the Altogether IPA recipe is on the uh, on their website. And in the grain bill, the grain bill is there. The hops, they say to use your, 
whatever bittering hop you want, and then they have their dry hopping schedule. But they also have two different yeasts on the list, and one of them is for a West Coast IPA, one of them is for the East Coast-style IPAs, the Niepa or the West Coast. And now what was interesting to me is well, I had uh, from the care package, I think it was Four City, uh, uh, they're, they're all together. And then shortly after that, I had the jug handle. Uh, oh, God. Harry. Sc- scared the shit out of me. I know. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to ya. Peter Sullivan. This is gonna. I don't know if I should. Yeah, sorry about that. There, um, a little segue. My wife barged in. You probably gathered that. I'm not gonna edit it because I don't have time. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I had the four city that I had the jug handle, and you could clearly see the difference in the styles in terms of what they decided to do. One of them being the West Coast style, one of them being the Niepa style, and. The thing that's boggling my mind is when I look at the recipe, the grain bill, right? So the malts that are used and the grains that are used are kind of universal. There's no changing there. They give you percentages. So like 80% two-row malt, and then there's 10% wheat and 10% something else, whatever. I I don't remember. But the wheat, I know, is what gives... Um, most New England style IPAs, the uh, that texture, not the texture, but that creamy um, mouthfeel. So a lot of like creamsicle or milkshake IPAs will have a lot more wheat in them than uh, than not. And I, I couldn't I couldn't figure out why the colors were so different. And um, and this is something that I'm going to try to figure out, maybe get back to you guys next week about, is because there we have two distinctly different styles of beer. Is the grain bill sort of like a general guideline, or is it uh, canon law, so to speak, that you can't change it? Because I do know that they gave leverage, I mean, excuse me, leeway when it came to the hops. So I was a little confused at that, because when I was brewing the uh, Dunkel, not the Dunkel, excuse me, when I was brewing the Hefeweizen, I was trying to figure out the grain bill, right? And as I was fiddling with the levels, I kept getting darker um, color, which I don't really, I'm not a stickler for it being perfect. I do just want the flavor, but I do want it to be close to correct. So I used a Pilsner malt and then a a, um, Bavarian wheat malt. And I found out the more Bavarian um, wheat malt that I was putting in, the darker it was getting. So if you have these general recipe guidelines, right, where it's like, okay, this is the color you're going to get if you use these malts in this way. How come the the colors were just so distinctly different? I do understand they're two different styles, but why did the color change? Because there was two different yeasts there, and I don't understand. So I'm going to try to put the message out there to the people, people who are listening right now that are home brewers and that are into home brewing or that are into brewing in general. Let me know uh, in an email or through the website uh, what's going on. You know, why is it that the color is so drastically different yet and the taste is different, but the grain bill is exactly the same? Is it all in the yeast? Because now I'm wondering because my yeast selection has been the same for the first two homebrews that I've done. And there is a similar flavor there. Now, with this Hefeweizen, I'm using a, a, a Munich Classic yeast, which is going to give me more banana flavors in the Hefeweizen, hopefully. 
and I'm actually going to try to check the specific gra uh, the gravity of it today to see where we are in terms of the fermentation because I got a syringe in the mail that I'm going to use to extract some of the beer, the fermenting beer from the uh, fermenter today after this podcast. So we're going to see how that goes. But yeah, please get to me, people, if you can figure out the reason why the drastic color change, it would be appreciative to me, and I'll explain it to everybody here on the uh, on the podcast. But again, uh, sorry for the interruption from my wife. She came barging in here, and uh, she's like a hurricane. You kind of just have to ride it out. And she sang a little happy birthday to Pete. Peter Sullivan, great guy, an unbelievable acolyte of the craft beer movement. The man is a force to be reckoned with. This guy is on a tear and on a mission to visit all the brews. I think he's up to 40, according to his Instagram. Follow him on Untapped. This guy is drinking much more craft beer than I am. I'm just, I'm limited to the show. So, I, you know, it is what it is. But this guy is a guru, believe it or not. He is one of the leaders in craft beer right now. It's true. Just go on his Untapped. The guy is just trailblazing. Happy birthday to you, Pete. Love you. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for the care package. Love you. Love the family. Love to all. You guys are great. Time for the hop of the week here, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm a little surprised that I haven't done this one yet because it's a pretty popular hop, especially with a lot of German beers. And that is Hollertau. Hollertau, Hollertauer, and Hollertauer Mittelfühle are all names for the original German Hollertau variety. Dating back more than 100 years, it stems from an old German land race and is one of the original four noble hops. It features a, a lightly flowery and spicy aroma. Though its popularity has been steadily declining over the past 50 years, primarily as a result of grave susceptibility to verticulum wilt and poor yields, it has been used to create a multitude of offspring, uh, most of which are wilt tolerant. So again, it has all these different names here. It has a very light, flowery, and spicy aroma. It's, usu it's usually used for aroma, and I'm thinking that they write that down because primarily right now you got a lot of hop-heavy beers that have a very high al uh, alpha acid composition. But in certain beers, such as the Hefeweizen that I brewed and Dunkelweizens and other type of German wheat beers, uh, this is the the hop that is mainly used. That and Tettenenga. Pearl, Spalt, all those hops, they're not very, very high in alpha acid composition. And what you'll notice, uh, if you have German lagers and ales and the like, you'll notice they're not overly bitter. There's no crazy hop situation going on. And I remember uh, when I did the uh, the Hefeweizen that I brewed, I used a uh, Hollertau Middelfur, and I put it in at 60 minutes for it to boil out. And the IBU should be anywhere from 10 to 12. So that's very, very low on the international bittering unit that we have. To measure the bitterness. So, the alpha acid composition on this bad boy is anywhere from 3.5 to 3. Uh, 3.5 to 3.5. I think they meant to do 4.5 because I remember, I think it was 4.4 what I used uh, for what I had uh, brewed uh, last week. But the substitutes are Liberty, uh, Hollertau from the United States, and the Hollertau traditional hop. Again, it's used in German Pilsners, Pale Ales, Wheats, and American Lagers. It's not one of those crazy, crazy uh, hop, uh, uh, bitter-heavy hops. 
has a really nice spicy uh, aroma to it. You've definitely come across this hop in uh, German beers that you've had, especially ones that aren't overly bitter, and none of them really are. There's a really good balance there. And, uh, yeah, you've definitely come across it in your time uh, drinking beer. Because I know from the seasoned drinker all the way to the rookie, you will know what Hallertau is. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the time for the show that everyone knows and loves is the beer news. And uh, we got quite a bit of news here in front of us, ladies and gentlemen. And some light at the end of the tunnel, in my opinion. And I'm going to get to that with uh, the last article. But here we have lots to talk about. And uh, the first thing that came to mind here, and this is uh, not to mind, but the first thing I came across in terms of the procurement of these beer articles that I do find from Oct.co. Now, that's tough to... I mean, October is the name of the place. And it is a beer publication, which is really, really neat. I love websites like this that they put out just pretty much beer news for me to read to everybody. Uh, it's having a tough time loading right now. But this is a COVID-themed examination of beers that have been made by craft breweries. Again, it's not loading, so that's kind of pissing me off right now. Um, I'm going to give it a second here. Can't believe I had to do this right in the middle of the goddamn thing. I had to switch to my phone. But anyway, these... Oh, really? Now it's not going to work on my phone? Fuck. What kind of bullshit is this? Shit, man. All right. I, I paused the show and just cursed a storm up. But holy shit. I, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't access the article on my phone nor on the laptop. So you don't get read. Sorry. But you don't work out. You don't get read on the show. Maybe you should upgrade your fucking website there and then we can read about it. But moving on, this is from NJ.com, New Jersey, true New Jersey. This is kind of like the equivalent of SI Live here on Staten Island. This is a neat little article that I read. And uh, beer fairies, quote unquote here, are dropping off booze at each other's doorsteps, asking them to pay it forward. I think this is just so great. And uh, something that you guys might want to look into, especially if you're into uh, different types of beers and stuff like that, which you, you are if you're listening to the show. Everyone knows Santa Claus. And this is written by Avalon Zappo uh, from the New Jersey Advanced Media. The Easter Bunny and Cupid, but in South Jersey, the coronavirus has brought beer fairies out of the woodwork. That's right. More than 3,300 people have joined a private Facebook group that facilitates alcohol gift exchanges between strangers. Members share their home addresses and wait for a surprise delivery from another member. It's called being beard, B-E-R uh, apostrophe D, and afterward the lucky recipient must return the favor to someone else. That's just so cool. I mean, the fact that people get this creative during a time of such uncertainty and need it really shows uh, shows the true spirit of each and every American here in this country. I think it's just so spectacular. So far, there have been hundreds of drop-offs, said the group's creator, Angela Taylor, 25 years old. People have shared more than 1,000 photos of goodies they've gifted or found at their front door, usually booze and snacks packaged in a colorful bag or basket. Quote, it has been so much fun seeing how excited people get over beer left on their porch, said Audubon resident, said the Audubon resident. 
uh, it makes my heart happy that I can bring joy to someone. And then they have here from Flying Fish here, uh, it is a sour ale there, the Salt and Sea, and a Mr. Goodbar in a nice little package in there. You've been beard. Enjoy. Love the beer fairy. That's so neat. Oh, that's cool. It all started May 5th when Taylor got the idea from a similar wine-themed group in the area. The concept was taking off in other parts of the country, too, from Maryland to Ohio. Taylor set up her own private Facebook group called The Sisterhood of the Traveling Booze and invited only four close friends. Then she made the first delivery. Her fiancé drove her to a friend's home in Audubon Park. Audubon. Audubon. If you're from Jersey, you'll get it where she placed a six-pack of yingling on the porch and, and bolted. Taylor's partner and getaway driver was waiting on the street for Taylor to jump back into the car. You've been beard, read the note, attached to the alcohol and signed in a black sharpie by the materia, uh, mysterious beer fairy. She called me and said, I think I just got beard already, and I played dumb. She had no clue it was me, Taylor said. So then she'd beard somebody else, and that person went on to beer two more people, and it kept evolving. It was the best feeling to see how people loved it so much and how the group was growing. Uh, there are only four rules for joining. No men or anyone un- no men or anyone underage. You must be from South Jersey and no drama. They preferred uh, people be friends already in the group. So it's, it's a woman-driven uh, initiative, which I think is really interesting and cool. Lindsay McKinney, a moderator who is active in the group, said that she and three others parsed through nearly 100 requests to join that pour in each day to make sure that they are women above 21 years old in the southern part of the state. Oh, this here's the crazy thing about this. The activity has been a source of comfort because McKinney lost her job as a warehouse worker last month and has been taking care of her three-year-old twin boys since then. Taylor was also laid off from her accounting position on Tuesday after the company she works for, which leased copiers to business and school, saw a sharp drop in new contracts following the COVID-19 uh, disaster. And it's a real sisterhood. It says here, uh, th- uh, it's a way of saying, thank you for your service. You don't know these girls, but you feel you're in a sisterhood. I think that's neat. I think that's cool. I didn't know it was a women only thing, which makes it even, even more interesting. It, it, you know, all power to them. And I think that's really neat. You know, the fact that they got that little thing going on that that's, that's really cool. Next thing here I wanted to bring up, and this is from brew dog. Uh, they went on their Twitter and they announced, again, there's a lot of breweries that are going to be doing this because they got to keep up with the curve that's going on here. Uh, they've made a hard seltzer, and it says here in a tweet from James Watt of uh, BrewDog, due to the impact of C-19 on our business, we decided to fast-track our innovation projects and develop these uh, with our community. First of these was the project to do hard seltzer. I mean, excuse me, I think they did uh, hand sanitizer, and then they did a clean and press craft hard seltzer. And then they put up a picture of it. And this is probably, I don't know if this is genius or dumb. Sometimes there is some um, genius in some dumb things that are done. And they put up uh, the, the pictures, and it looks almost identical to the labels that are used for White Claw. So I'm going to take the time today to do a side-by-side of these these two different labels. They look almost exactly the same. They have the logo in the middle and a, and a round logo in the middle, and then they have a color code on the bottom. It's It could be brilliant for them. I mean, because you got people that, you know, are just totally into the hard seltzer. They're going to go in and grab 
they're going to probably, they might grab this over the White Claw. So this is a great move by them. Um, And, you know, you got people that are upset saying that this is ripping off of White Claw almost explicitly. But, I mean, they could do it until they're sued, right? I mean, isn't that how it works? I'm not I'm not a lawyer. I don't know how those things how those does anything, but I'm going to I'm going to do a side by side. I'm going to put it out on our Twitter and our Facebook so you can see it because this is pretty uh, no pun intended, but uncanny. <laughs> oh god. Oh, I'm good. Those of you that have been following the beer news for the COVID-19 crisis know that anytime I come across a local craft brewery in whatever area is doing something for the community, I bring it to the forefront. And this is coming from NBC15.com out of Madison, Wisconsin. It says here, Great Dane Pub selling beer on the cheap and donating its proceeds to charity. I'm going to read this one right here. This is written by Jackson Denbeck over there in Wisconsin. Beer lovers, you are in for a treat. The Great Dane Pub and Brewing Company has announced that they will be selling their craft brews well below normal prices starting this Thursday. And that was uh, this article was written on the 13th of May. The company says that they brewed, quote-unquote, a lot of beer before the pandemic hit, and now their restaurants and customers, uh, restaurants and customers are partially shut down, and they have to get rid of the stuff. Time doesn't do well for beer, says the head brewer, Eric Bruzewitz, and he explained... That beer moved so quickly, it was more of an issue of trying to keep up. All of a sudden, you have to screech to a halt. It was really difficult seeing beer go to waste. But after all, this Wisconsin, this is Wisconsin, and one cannot simply pour good brew down the drain. Amen to that. I'm going to drink to that quote right there, sir. That's why the Great Dane has decided not only to sell its brew on the cheap, but donate all of the proceeds to the Briar Patch Youth Services, a local nonprofit that supports runaway, homeless, and at-risk youth. Bravo to these guys. All of the proceeds. All of them. And here's another quote here. It was so unexpected, and it's going to help us in so many different ways, said Jackie Huerenberg, the Development and Communications Director for the nonprofit, that's what she said. According to the Madison-based brewery's uh, Facebook page, they are selling crowlers for three dollars, growlers for five, quarter barrel for nineteen, and half barrel for thirty-nine. Now I'm going to take a step back here because I'm not entirely sure if I'm right, but a half barrel of beer is a keg, a full keg of beer. So you're getting forty dollars for a fucking keg of beer. Holy shit. And he's saying it's of everything they have on tap. The sale kicks off Thursday, this Thursday, back on May 14th at all Great Dane locations. And the beer will be sold as the supplies last. Upon hearing uh, of Wednesday's, uh, Wednesday, uh, pardon me, upon hearing of Wednesday's Supreme Court ruling on Governor Tony Evers' safer at home expect, uh, extension, co owner Rob. Lobreglio added the blowout sale will continue as planned. He said uh, that his pub will not be the first to open, but will also not be the last. And he's waiting to put a concrete uh, plan in place. This is something special. And this is something spectacular. If you are, and I know we have some listeners in the great state of Wisconsin, you know who you are. A couple of you reached out. 
you need to patronize these people and make sure that you get their beer. And the fact that it's going to such a cause is really incredible. I mean, the prices are ridiculous. Like if if Killsborough or Flagship or Bolero Snort even did something like this, I mean, I would be like, I would lose my mind. That is some premium, delicious, great beer. Wow. Such unbelievable prices. Now, this next article, we got two more to go or three more to go. Uh, this is a pretty big one, actually. This is coming out of the Chicago uh, Tribune. says, Three Floyds close legendary brew pub indefinitely, even as Indiana moves to reopen businesses. Written here by Josh Noel of the Chicago Tribune. Northwest Indiana's legendary Three Floyds Brewing has shuttered its brew pub indefinitely due to safety concerns during the coronavirus pandemic. Even as Indiana allows businesses to reopen, okay, Memorial Day sale ad popped up. No, thank you. Brewery founder Nick Floyd said that he chose to furlough staff at his Munster pub, which has become one of the nation's quintessential brew hubs. And, and, that, and that is true. Every, I mean, a lot of people out there have heard of Three Floyds, and it's on people's bucket lists of beers to have. He says, I can't put people in danger. No one should ever die over beer. Eh, a little drastic. I would die for beer and probably will, but I'm not going to make people endanger themselves. Well, uh, Nick Floyd, I get the what you're trying to do here, but if, if you know, people can mitigate their own risk. People that do curbside pickup and stuff like that, they put themselves at risk. So, you know, just uh, take your time and figure it out. But the pub, which can accommodate 70 people in about 2,000 square feet, will not reopen uh, quote, until it's safe to operate again, Floyd said. He expressed a concern for both customers and employees. I get that. I get that, but uh, you can't, it, it might not be safe for a long, long time. Can you sustain? It's too many people jammed in, he said. Chicago-based Guys Drinking Beer website reported Tuesday that the Three Floyds Brew Pub wouldn't reopen, uh, possibly ever, even after the COVID-19 restrictions are lifted. The website reported that brew pub employees were notified on Monday that they were losing their jobs. Oof, this is really rough of an article here. Floyd said he plans to eventually reopen the brew pub or a new tap room, but uh, doesn't trust the state's reopening timeline. Indiana allowed restaurants to open to half capacity on May 11th and will allow bars to do the same on June 14th. I don't trust anyone's word until there's a vaccine. You know what? Listen, I was a little critical in the beginning of this article. But you know, this is this guy's this is this guy's real gut feeling about this. And if he can lean on the federal government's furlough, like if you furlough your workers, now I'm just speaking off the cuff here. I don't know for for certain, but I'm pretty sure this is how it works. If you furlough your workers, you could take out loans from the government as long as you continue to pay them. So I think that if he can. Oh, wait a minute. If he furloughs them, he can't pay them, right? He can only uh, rehire them at a later date. They'll have to collect unemployment. Uh, I don't know. I just don't see... I don't see how this is going to work here, honestly. It's going to work out for them. But look, I will say this, though. I do think it's important uh, for for this guy to to go with his gut and go with what's right. If he thinks he's doing the right thing uh, for... I'm, I'm sure he's sacrificing part of what his dream is here. But he, if he thinks he's doing it for the safety of people, I mean, more power to him, right? Th uh, Three Floyds is the nation's 31st largest brewery, craft brewery, according to the Brewers Association. 
and it's also pausing its plans for uh, an expanded beer pub. Uh, uh, what does he have here? Uh, there's a lot of stuff. So I mean, look, this this is uh, concerned a lot of people out there in uh, in the in the Chicago, Indiana area, because this is one of the the big boys. So the fact that they're not uh, that they're clo- kind of closing indefinitely is kind of scary. It really and truly is. Uh, this here from the Colorado Sun. I hope I didn't read this one already, but I'm going to read it anyway here. The, uh, with breweries shut down, home brewing sees a resurgence. Uh, another ad. Bear with me, people. In Colorado amid coronavirus. So everybody out there that's in Colorado listening to this show, I am really, really excited to read about this here because I know that I'm a part of the crew too. The Boulder-based American Homebrewers Association reported record participation. I actually thought about joining myself, buying a, a subscription or a membership. Uh, and there is a big brew day coming up here. Uh, it's basically just saying that consumers are, are kind of worried about going out there and um, buying buying up craft beer, and they're doing it themselves. Uh, uh, and I've been trying to tell people that if you have the space and you have the capacity to do so, really consider doing it. The general feeling is people are brewing because it means less trips out to the beer store, and maybe they are not drinking more, but they are drinking more home brew for sure. And I am one of those people. I home brewed a beer. I home brewed a beer. I gave it out to friends and family, and they also are enjoying home brew right now. So this last article here, and from Forbes.com, this is the light at the end of the tunnel. This I was waiting for last. Uh, to to read, I'm not going to read most of this article because a lot of it's just talking about the brewery. But this is the light at the end of the tunnel that we just have to hold on and we will be okay because post lockdown, okay, post lockdown, meaning that it's over, the demand surges for beer made by Trappist monks. Forbes.com, Alex Ledsom, he's in the travel department there. He says when a group of Belgian monks puts cases of beer on its website. They usually get about 3,000 customers on their online shop. And after lockdown, when they're able to start reselling, visitor numbers surged and crashed the system. Over a four-hour period, they had as many as 11,000 visitors trying to uh, access their site and buy the current uh, consignment of just 6,000 cases. So... And then the article goes on to just be a pretty, uh, you know, a, a very uh, extensive history of uh, Trappist Ales and stuff like that. And if you want to read it, you could find it on Forbes, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. But what did this article say to me? This article said to me, so Belgium, Belgium was in a tough spot. They had a lot of death per capita. I think the most death per capita uh, in the world. So it's a very, very dark, dreary time out there in Belgium. But, right, check this out. It opens up. What happened? The people went berserk and they flooded. They flooded the business. And I am so hopeful and so excited that once this whole thing ends, especially in the tri-state area and all over the country, when it's time to open it back up again, people are so, the people are just frothing to continue their lives and to go out there and hit these bars and hit these tap rooms. And that's what needs to happen. People, once it opens up, I know you need to mitigate your own risk. Are you at risk? You don't want to put your family at risk, but you are going to want to go out there and experience these places. 
and this is the time to do it when there is a bit of a safer experience a safer um uh, protocol out there people can socially distance and still go to these places if it has a big enough showroom and a big enough area you got to go out there and do it and these numbers that we're seeing here from this trappist ale situation shows that i mean belgium yeah i mean this is their bread and butter this is their hometown brew so to speak with the trappists but they've never seen anything like this since the 1830s in the abbey so to speak so this is promising. This means that people are just waiting for that start pistol to go off, and then they're going to go out there and they're going to hit these places. Summer's coming, and people are kind of sick and tired of being home. I mean, I've I've even stopped watching all the, the stupid fucking. They're not stupid, but I'm I'm stu- I'm done watching all the press conferences. I just want to get life going again, right? And all these people here are showing that same that same vim and vigor to get life going again. And it's going to happen, people. It is going to happen. And this is an example of it, that when it opens up here, especially the people that are listening to this podcast, you know that when it's go time, we're going to go. We're going to go and we're going to go in droves. And it's going to be all right. Everyone's going to be fine. You mitigate your own risk. You hit these businesses hard. You get the beers. You experience the feels of it all. And it's going to be great. It really is. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm ready to get this thing. I'm ready to get this show on the road. All right, beautiful people. In front of me, I have Great Lakes Brewing Company Beer Wolf Dunkel Weizen. It's a pretty cool bottle. It's a wolf in a ice village of chocolate with the sun being an orange. And it's a very angry looking wolf. And it says here, Dunkelweizen, an ale with chocolate, orange peel, and cold brew coffee. So on the side of the bottle here, it says, cold brew coffee, chocolate, and orange peel creep deep into the heart of this German style Dunkelweizen, transforming a once traditional brew into a hauntingly decadent hybrid. Brewed and bottled by Great Leaks Brewing Company, Cleveland, Ohio. Freshest taste, please enjoy by 6 2020. I like that. <clears throat> I've always showed appreciation for uh, buy dates and have buy dates and stuff like that. So I'm going to crack this bad boy open here. And this brewery's been around in Cleveland since uh, 1988. Now, interesting thing that I want to bring up here when it comes to the Visons, you want to pour it out. like that but before all of it goes in when you got about two to three fingers left in the bottle you want to give it a good swirl good swirl because you do want the yeast in the beer and you dump the rest in and we got a nice pour here of this beer so I'm going to set it to the side here and I'm going to read a little bit of their website because they have a pretty big write up with this beer uh And here it goes. A brand new and highly anticipated addition to our legendary series has been unleashed just in time for the Wolf Moon Rising. Uh, Bear Wolf is ready for its winter seasonal debut. So this is something they they put out for the winter, but you can have it before June 20th. Cold brew coffee, chocolate and orange peel creep deep into the heart of this. I just read that. So I'm not going to do that again. One sip of the wild beast and you'll be howling for more. 
Okay, and in the bottle we have uh, flavor, claw through a feral fusion of cold brew, chocolate, banana, and spice. It's a 6.6 with 25 IBUs. They say here that it pairs with Gouda cheese, <clears throat> ham, banana cream pie, and a full moon. I agree with that to an extent. Uh, Dunkelweizen means dark wheat in German, a traditional Bavarian. I read that already. I talked to you about that. Stalk your way through a Bavarian-inspired scene if you dare. Oh, they're talking about the label. So they really, they take a lot of pride in this beer. Uh, do they do this about their other beers? Because if they do a, a write-up like this for their other brews, I think that's really special. I think that's cool that they really take pride in what they make. Let me find something else by them here. Oh, here's an Irish red. Conway's Irish red. A pretty decent ride up here. I, I like the I like the uh, the look and feel of this place, and it has it's an award winning beer. It's definitely not the same ride up as what we had for the uh, Bear Wolf here, but pretty cool place, pretty cool looking place. So again, when you are doing a <clears throat> a pour of a Dunkelweizen or Hefeweizen, you want the yeast that's in the bottom of the beer because what really shines through with these uh, wheat beers, whether it's an American wheat or German-style wheat, is the yeast. So I pour it out here. Oh, let me get my notebook to compare notes here. So what I do is I write down... I write down the uh, how I feel about the first offering because I have a bottle of it during probably the beer news I do it. I take a pause uh, when I after about a couple of articles and I'll pour out the beer and I'll drink it and I'll give my observations in the look, smell, taste, and... The last thing is the style and the final thought. So, uh, what do we have here? Beerwolf Dunkelweizen. So the look is about the same. Got about two fingers ahead here. Uh, it's an amber color, uh, dark amber. Uh, it's not too cloudy, uh, and there is some lacing, but it's kind of minimal. But it's got a good look to it. Uh, it's not too overcarbonated by the look. Like, you don't see a lot of bubbles running up. Uh, it's a pretty... Like if you said like the Dunkelweizen had this look, you would agree. Like this, this has the look of a good Dunkelweizen, that dark wheat uh, style. It's a little bit of an off-white uh, colored head. This one, the lacing is holding a little bit more because I had about actually I don't know, almost three fingers ahead in this pour because it was a little more aggressive. Let's get a nose on it here. So, okay, it's the same as before. You get an offering of banana, clove, and coffee, which the banana and the clove are a classic wheat aroma that you get with wheat beers, uh, especially uh, that are using a foreign wheat, uh, I mean, excuse me, a foreign yeast, not an American-style yeast. Now, what's, what's really interesting about this aroma is that the coffee is strong, but there is a slight citrus in the aroma, believe it or not. Uh, I didn't think I would get that, but usually when you when there's coffee in beers, that uh, whether it's cold brew coffee or any coffee, the coffee aroma kind of mutes everything else. But the the yeast here is coming through with the coffee, and it, it kind of blends together kind of well. Yeah, it's got that really. That traditional wheat um, aroma there. It's rather intriguing. Let's move on to the taste. Mm. 
Wow. Just like before. Very intriguing. First of all, the mouthfeel is on the slicker, thicker side. Um, I didn't think it would be that full of a flavor or full of a mouthfeel. But it is there. It's got medium carbonation to it. <sighs> Let me try one more time here. Hold on. Mm. There's a coriander uh, flavor there. See, this is what's weird, right? The the coffee mixed with the yeast, it's giving like this vegetable-y taste. It's not bad, right? It's not like a... a it's not off-putting, that, that flavor, but there is a vegetable taste there. The roasted or toasted malt character shines in the end, mainly, because the beginning, that orange peel cold brew and wheat yeast together is very noticeable but the back end of the beer is where it shines in terms of the malt and there's a slightly dry finish 25 IBUs I don't know it's really not that bitter at all it's, it's such a strange it's, it's very drinkable that's what's also very strange about this and usually when you have like a Dunkel beer or like a um or Schwartz beer or whatever. Those German style dark. The Schwartz beer is a dark lager. The uh, the Dunkelweizens and the Dunkels are just dark ales. Or the Dunkel is actually a lager, excuse me. But these darker beers, you know, you're surprised at how drinkable they are. And this one is. Lights out in terms of the drinkability. It's really on point. Um, so let's get to the style here in the final part and the uh, final thought and I'll give the rating. I definitely applaud the ambition here. Truly, I do. Uh, this is a really great offering and attempt to shake up a rather straightforward style. Usually with Hefeweizens and Dunkelweizens and other wheat beers, you don't have to do too much. So earlier this week, I had, again, from the from the great offering from Pete Sullivan, the, uh, the, I had wet ticket uh, American wheat ale with watermelon in it, and... It was great. It had all the fantastic offerings that an American wheat would have. And then it had this watermelon that was added to it. Did they have to do that? No. I think it could have stood on its own without the watermelon. But they decided to do that. And, and this was their journey. Now, when it comes to this here, I'm tasting all these flavors. I'm not getting the chocolate at all. I really tried to find it there in the aroma, too. I just... It's coffee... It's toasted, roasted malts. I mean, you could really smell the smoke on the toast of the malts here. And I'm not getting, the, I'm really not getting chocolate here. I will say uh, the complement of the coffee and the Lysen flavors, they work very well. It, it isn't overbearing on the coffee front. And now this is something that happens a lot. And I think I said it before. When you have a stout or any other dark beer that's offering coffee in the flavor profile. It, it can really mute the other flavors. But the thing that's going really well here for the uh, Dunkelweizen and the flavors they put forth is that the coffee isn't overbearing everything. Now, it's there, and it's the most identifiable flavor other than the actual traditional wheat yeast flavors, the banana and the clove, so to speak, put together. 
But the interesting thing about this flavor is that I can't pinpoint the orange peel. But if the coffee and the yeast together are also giving me this flavor of the orange, but I can't pinpoint it, that's pretty interesting in my opinion. Mm. This is a hard beer to score because I think that it boils down to whether or not you like the flavors that they put together here. And for me, I think it's a really great drinkable beer that you could have at any point, whether it's a full moon or not. And um, I'm going to give it an eight, a flat eight. It's an excellent ale. I really enjoy the flavors that are going on here. I think they did a fantastic job. It would have got a higher score if I tasted the orange peel and the chocolate. But again, maybe it's just so much going on with my palate, especially with the yeast that's there. Maybe I just can't pick up on those flavors. It is possible. Nice aroma. It's funny because like when you when you see a beer like this, you're expecting something along the lines of a stout and you're like, oh, maybe I should let it, let it heat up a little bit. But you have to remind yourself that you're not having <clears throat> a stout or anything like that. You're having a, a wheat beer. You know, you're actually having a wheat beer, but the color is what's throwing you off. They got a lot of beers here, too, at this place. A lot of beers. Great lineup. Jesus Christ. Pages just keep going and going and going. God, there might be almost 50 beers on tap here at this place. And they have a Doppelbach. If, I ever, if I'm ever in Cleveland, I'd love to actually visit this place and uh, talk with them and talk about their beer. But I think 8.0 is a very, very solid score. Because this beer actually became a lot more complex than I thought it would be. And pretty tasty. I might try to do something like this. I think I can make a Dunkelweizen. I really do. But 8.0, fair score. Beer drinkers score. And I always think that's important is to give a very fair score uh, to a beer that deserves it. And Great Lakes hits it. Uh, is it the best? No, but it's pretty darn good. I haven't had a Dunkelweizen in a long time. I don't think I've ever had a craft Dunkelweizen on the show. So bravo to them. And I really liked it. All right, everybody, I really hope that all of you have a fantastic Memorial Day, which is tomorrow at the time of this recording. You might be hearing it right now at your barbecue. You might be listening to Three Beers In. If you're flipping burgers and listening to this show, you're doing it right. Happy birthday to you, Peter Sullivan. Great man. Love you, cuz. Take care, everybody. I'm going to catch you next week. Guess what? I'm going to be on next week. All right? We're going to get this thing rolling again. Same old, same old. Life's good, everybody. Take care.